Hello. Hello. And welcome. To the bathroom? To Patreon-supported dad and sons. If you'd like to support the show and contribute to some new segments, we're going to be rolling out a Patreon soon. We'll start up some new spin-off shows like Dungeons and Dads. And we'll be doing more streaming episodes, taking listener calls live on air. And a new segment where I'm going to try and teach you game design. And a big juicy <laughs> fan discord for everyone to chat and play video games with us. Oh god, I hope it turns out okay. Hello, and welcome to Matt's Turn, that comes every five months. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Dad and Sons, the Patreon-supported Dad and Sons. <laughs> Just be the name of the episode. <laughs> Matt's Turn. Dad and Sons 125, Matt's Turn. turn. <laughs> right, yeah, Matt's Turn. <laughs> Man, some craziness has been happening. Hell yeah, it has. Yeah, George. it's been a really busy week for like a lot of yeah. people for good and bad reasons, and yeah. uh, we're one of the good ones, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely good ones. Definitely good ones. What? What? I've been I've been playing some some garbage. What some have you garbage? Been I love garbage. Some fine ass garbage. I know you do because you said this game was good. Me. <laughs> No, not you, Liam. Um, the the person, the box below you, the below the master, <laughs> the empty chair, with the bathroom voice coming in from the other room. I played a way out with Patrick. I am very jealous and happy for you and mad because wait, you didn't like it, George. This game is a tragedy. George. Okay, okay. The writing for this game is so bad. And all right, the all right, writing? I'm going to I'm going to say, you know, I I feel sorry. This is the guy who came out who said, you know, fuck, fuck Hollywood. What did he say? I can't you know, he made that. Tale of Tale of Two Sons, right? Like that, that that was Brothers was good, man. I enjoyed it, but probably because it was in another language. <laughs> Is this <laughs> anyone who has played it knows what I'm talking about? They explain everything that they're doing, everything. Okay, the gameplay is so just press X here, press X you're, there. You're, you're playing a way out, and 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 that was it's a game from a couple years ago that made a little bit of a splash for for a month or so. I think I think listeners who do not know might need a refresher though because it's a little little buried in the news at this point. This this mm-hmm. game did did get some hype at the time from people like me who apparently have have shitty horrible taste. I'm really happy that you played it with Patrick. And oh, we had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, well well before okay, you know what? Let's just We're, we're halfway. Up, we're right. halfway through. But yeah. Multiplayer David Cage game. <laughs> 
Yes. You have a quick time cinematic story. Uh, uh, press the button and your characters walk their way through a, a movie adventure. Not as good with as a David. friend. Uh huh. I that's that's debatable. Mm-hmm. And you are halfway through when the game does get ridiculous and jump the shark in the second half. And I know what you're talking about. The writing is cheesy and bad in true <laughs> David Cage quality, which is why it kind of surprises me that you're playing a way out for the writing. Because what I remember being cool about this game was how clever it was for having uh, two players look at two different angles of a QTE event and have um, things like the failures or or emergent improvisation still carry over into the other player's experience. Like you're sneaking out of jail with another player via QTE events through what's supposed to be a a, a movie that you two can stumble and bumble your way through together. Okay, okay. All right, all right. So, so George is over here is romanticizing this this, this <laughs> fucking game over here. All right, so this is what you actually do to break out of jail. All right, so you need to get a wrench. So one person presses X on a person, right? Distracts him. The other guy goes around and presses X on the wrench, and then one person who doesn't have the wrench goes around security and puts it through a vent. Right, so the other person puts through the other side of the vent, and they get it. Security doesn't notice, mm-hmm. and they keep doing that throughout the whole game. Like security is so garbage; they look like little Japanese men. All right, they have no muscle. No, this is not America. This is, this is not me? America. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, <Whoa. Dude. laughs> the Japanese Whoa. police. They're just like Japanese police, and they look like Japanese police because they look like they you don't. Sound, you sound like my, my my World War II veteran grandpa over dude, there, dude. You pass a wrench that you're not supposed to have right behind a guard through a just a window with bars on dun, it. Dun, dun. That dun, and dun, the, dun, the guard dun, is actually <laughs> oh please, the guard dun, dun, is patting dun. you down before you go into the cell, and you can just pass. A dangerous item through the bars. Colonel, we've passed the dangerous item out of our cheeks. <laughs> it is so bad. It is not, I, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> hilarious? It's okay. funny. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's an because action comedy adventure. 80% of the time laughing. Uh-huh. 80% of the time laughing. Me and Parallel. That just, sounds like a just, good time. That sounds it, it, good. Yeah. All right. Yes, it's a good time when you have somebody, but I'm not going to I'm not going to recommend this game to someone who's just like, all right, a random person who probably doesn't laugh at games like let's play a way out. And it's just like such a shitty experience. Did you play through all your favorite David Cage games with a completely flat face and just 100 percent morose attitude in the room no no no. you got drunk with a friend you stumbled and bumbled (laughs) your way through fucking up qts together you giggled at the bad writing what a way out does is bubble up the social positivity experience of a david cage game up to the surface for an accessible (laughs) player experience available to everyone (laughs) no guys guys i 15 dollars right now okay $15 Fifteen dollars on so that, cheap. that. I don't know, that's man. If it's worth the movie price, man, meal. that's like a five dollar game right there, man. That's like <laughs> it has to be below the booze. It has to be below the the the, the pack of beer that you're gonna two buy. Two beers. That's what like two <laughs> beers at a at a at a restaurant in the middle of the city. That's not even that fancy. Oh my god. How long is it? It's supposed to be like seven hours. 
Pat looked it up because we were like, we were like uh, at hour three, almost hour four. We we like escaped and everything, and there's like some after stuff, and we're like visiting family and stuff, and we're just like, okay, what what? How long we got left? <laughs> I'm oh. I'm in, gonna be intrigued to see if your opinion changes when you beat it, because it is seven hours know. long. And one thing I I was really surprised to see was that you get out of that jail very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like I I played it over two sessions with with Colin, and um. I was surprised to see that by the end of the first session, we were out. Like we ended that first session at the cutscene where you're running down a hill and jump over a chasm. And I thought the whole game was going to be escaping. Yeah, the slow motion scenes, right? Oh my god! Oh, this is really serious. You you hold the 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 trigger. I hold the trigger. Oh, if we you do it in unison, he'll catch. We'll catch each other. Oh, yeah, so I, 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 I will admit that I love garbage and I will, will, <laughs> yes. will love a game if it's got cool, quirky ideas through the technical jank. But I distinctively remember the net code not catching him succeeding at a QTE and me seeing a few frames of it fail. And then all of a sudden the characters corrected themselves and actually made it over the jump that they had just barely missed for a few frames before. <laughs> because apparently that... The, the timing in which he put his QTE in was like right at the, the end of whatever valid window that the system was registering it and animating it. And yeah, I don't I know what you're talking about. You, you might not remember this because it's been a while. But let, let me let me see how bad this section was. The boat section. Ah, yes. Yes. I. Oh, of course you do, because the like boat section line. was absolute shit. Shit. That was, was hilarious. <laughs> Literally, no matter how hard you paddle, the game pushes you down that fucking river. It, oh my. Oh, Liam, you should play this game. That boat is built like a fucking champion. This doesn't sound like how did they make this bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Liam mad. A way out is hilarious fun. I want to see Liam say this game is shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's not shit. It's cheesy fun. It is. All right. All right. All right. Uh, I'm not a big fan of cheesy fun. I'm definitely harping on this game. But if. I would say cheaper than 15, but if you have a friend that's willing to play a bad game with you, this is definitely a game to play. The writing will be bad. You will not see any saving grace that no, the the writing is uh-uh. bad. Is it's got it's got 100% bad. It's cute. No, it is it is not David Cage David Cage cute. David Cage is cute sometimes, right? Except when he gets a little racist. But other than that, he's cute. <laughs> this game is toddler shit. Like, this is not this is not good writing. There's no magical black people. A way out is better writing than David Cage. In David Cage games, there's always a rape scene where a lady character with short hair gets in a shower and is assaulted on the way in or out. There's always a magical black person who oh, gives no. you your... You made it worse. You made David worse. Oh. There's the magical black shaman who's like a homeless person or, or a voodoo prince or something who helps you you solve the, the case with, with mind-reading tarot powers. There's um, jump sharky moments at the end of the game where your character will have like matrix powers. This game, A Way Out does a lot 
does all the good stuff from that and hides away the the magical black people and the rape scenes and stuff. And I I I, I liked it. Dude, dude, dude. Even the jailbreaking didn't make any sense. Like it doesn't have to make sense if it's cheesy fun. Yeah, I guess so. Like they they climbed a shaft back to back using their legs. <laughs> yeah. And then it's they had romantic. to go way back down because they forgot the wrench. And then he had to do the wrench thing. And then they went all the way back up. It, it is the most ridiculous thing. They have never done it before. They should have died there. That this should have been the end of the story. <laughs> did you ever play Splinter Cell Chaos Theory with a friend and, and scoot each other up ladders that together is, back to back? They are trained for that. That's the You're, you're giving me ammo they're trained for that two random dudes right all dudes okay this Hmm. this is what oh Oh, my goodness wait a second this is what people outside of the u.s think about u.s jail and how things are okay for sure for sure what if i told you that go to sleep inmate go to sleep (laughs) <laughs> what if I told you that you may or may not find something out about this weird thing in the story you noticed during a plot twist later? I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish yeah. it. Dang it. I paid $15 for it, man. And I want to hear if your opinion of the writing changes after you finish it. No. That's all. <laughs> no. Me and Pat are just going to be like, all right, it's done. <laughs> sure you next? are. Yeah. You, you, I, I'm willing to bet though that some interesting stuff is going to be happening that you're going to want to talk about next week. Sounds like it sounds like you, uh, you got to finish it, Matt. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to finish it. I'm definitely going to finish it. it. We're, we're probably going to be talking about Persona for like for half of the end, but we're, we're going to pay attention to some of it. <laughs> pay attention to some of it. <laughs> I've been playing way too much Persona. Wait, it almost sounds like like you're play like you're you're doing what you're supposed to be doing with I I, yes, I don't I don't want to yes. dwell on a way out, but yeah, it does yeah. sound like you're having fun and enjoying it. I, and, I did and have this is almost the way you're supposed to react to it. Like you were laughing. But it's like painful fun. It's like, oh my gosh, this hurts and and tickles a little bit. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it is playing. I'm sort of masochistic. <laughs> And also yes. enjoying myself. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's like a, a, a really good, bad relationship, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Liam, Liam's face. The face of real pain. <laughs> it's about two friends who don't get along. It's a game about a troublesome, rocky companionship that has a silver lining through all the bad moments. <laughs> Sounds uh interesting, I guess. Liam will never play it now. I will I haven't got anybody to play it with anyway. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. What do you certainly not gonna play it by myself? At least at least it's short. At least it's seven hours, which you know, these days I think is a, a godsend. These days is all you can ask for, right? That game was literally one of my highlights of that year, and my first what? like reaction with it did sound a lot like yours. Oh my god, George. George, we gotta step it up, George. We gotta step, yeah, step sure. you up into some some like actual good games, man. What do you mean? I've been playing all this Warzone and 
good game. Warzone is a a poorly optimized, hacker friendly. Oh, you hate Warzone now? Amazing game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're just you're just taking some damning praise. No matter how much pain the it puts you through. Switch. Oh, a hacker killed you. Like an obvious hacker killed you. Like okay, I'll go load up for another game. Oh, I'm loading low FPS. That's fine. It's fine. Oh, I have to load in my shaders every time I load in the game. Oh, okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's Warzone. It's Warzone. It's fun. Oh, I crashed. It crashed my whole PC. It's fine. Warzone is so addicting. I freaking hate. I hate it and love it at the same time. I don't know what the fuck they're doing over there for a hundred gig download for a game. That is ridiculous. Somebody it is ridiculous. Discord, was like 120 gigabytes. And, like, and, and the updates are 30 gigs. I think they want you to have Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019 uh, Bobby Codex edition on your hard drive so that that buy now button is always one button away for the free players. I think that's the conspiracy going on here. Because uh, ever since I've had this game installed, I'm a lot more tempted. When I bought it, I still had to download it. Like 50 gigs worth or something like that. At least it's not 100. That's yeah. so big. I think my total is like 200 gigs or something like that. It's, it's ridiculous. When a, when a game literally takes like 10% of your PC up, I think, that, <laughs> I think yeah. you've got a problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. That that game is... I don't under... <laughs> I can't really explain to you why I have it on my hard drive. It's good. It's just it is, a very, very but... high quality, refined version of a of a what is now an established, um, um, beloved subgenre of the RTS games. Like it nails the tension of feeling super powerful when you're camping and super vulnerable when you're moving. That's that's the duality between those two mindsets is something that I found so compelling about Siege. And here in Warzone, it's um bubbled up even even further to the surface i get all my kills when i'm camping and listening for footsteps and and paying attention to <laughs> angles and i always die when i'm walking around out in the open and it feels like there's a strategic layer to that call of duty is such a lightning strike of, of getting an unlucky death that you feel like you can't do anything about but here here it feels like i'm always after i die i'm always thinking over the past 10 seconds and being like oh that's where i made the bad choice no, I mean you just gotta aim better. I mean you could get caught <laughs> out. You just get okay. you could get caught out in the open and still kill people. You can and and you do, but I have a trick for you. This is gonna blow your mind. Are you ready, Matt? Camp? No. <laughs> oh my god! You know how when you spawn in the gulag, you have a red outline of the other player that you can see. Yeah. What if I told you eight times out of ten? Those players will run towards the direction that outline is pointed towards. Yeah. So yeah. what you want to do is start pre-aiming. Oh, you already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get. I, yeah, I get that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's so, why so... you always see me aim down that that way every time you see me do it. Yeah, but yeah. sometimes they don't establish... go that way, and that's usually and the they... smarter players because I will and, pop and that's, them quick. That's when you know, like, you just have to establish dominance down one alleyway of the gulag, and then you start deducing their hiding spots by narrowing it down. So, like, there's only three ways to run through that place. So that means they're on the other two. You can use a piece of equipment to flesh out one of them. And then you've narrowed down their hiding spot to the last hole. It's like, it's mind games. It's it's like, there's psychology to it. Well, they used to be mind games. Now it's now they changed the gulag to some 
absurd trash. Snipers. <sighs> Snipers and fists. Um, have you guys played Hyperscape? Sounds good. No? I want to. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's interesting. I I mean, I can't believe I've been getting into BRs recently, but like it's uh, I love them. They're like good battlefield games. It, you could revive your guy. You can revive your teammates at any time as long as you're killing other other players. You can they can just go on their body and you can just revive them. Um, it's a more Overwatch thick. It has an Overwatch thickness to it. You can't just die immediately. You have to actually uh, be aimed a on. A bit of a time to kill. Yeah. And uh, the guns are a little bit wackier and stuff. It's interesting. It's interesting. The music is good, like Apex is. But uh, yeah, yeah. It does look a lot like Apex. Yeah. Is it already yeah. out? No, it, it's on like the Twitch drop thing. So you have to like watch somebody. Oh, I, I watched yeah. somebody for like five minutes and I was like, and someone said they were waiting for like 25 hours. And I was like, nah. I'm good, <laughs> but I got it the next day. So I was oh. like, all right, let me try it out. Let me try it. How out. big was yeah. that install? Huh? Uh, no, How it was, was short. The small it, oh, okay. Warzone is the only like tragedy Warzone. here. Um, and it runs good. Apex runs good. This is like mirror's edge. Um, Hyperscape runs good. Everyone else runs good. Warzone is the only one who shits on your PC. I think the design of the, the city looks really nice. Yeah. And things like uh, the city like kind of like breaks down. It's so interesting to see everyone's like view on BRs. Like that every tape, yeah. BR change, yeah, it changes. I'm super jazzed about it now. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, like I I can't help but notice every big BR game I've played the past three big BR games. I've enjoyed every one of them. Yeah, like I I'm having a blast with these good BR games coming out these days. I might be interested in playing this one. It looks pretty good actually. Yeah. It also, is it all city? I'm not seeing a lot of like fields and outdoors. It looks and like stuff. it's like a some sort of French Parisian city. Yeah, like a like a Deus Ex neo <laughs> neo Renaissance. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of Mirror's Edge. Mm-hmm. And you could double jump and climb up things. Like it's a it's a much faster game. Yeah, um, having you fun. There's a lot of like cat, and, cat and mouse type gameplay. You know, run away. You know, so yeah, it, it all depends for, for on the hiding spots. Yeah, it all depends on like what type of gameplay you like. In Warzone, you you can die quick and cat and mouse is such a such a good way of describing it though, because it's whoever comes out of their hiding hole is the one who's gonna die. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's um this one you're 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 out there. You're not you're not sitting in the corner. You're you're out there. You're you're running around. Things are falling down fast. So wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Have you actually been playing this or just looking into it? No, no, I I, I played a few ma- few rounds. So yeah. you went through the Twitch wait up process? No, I. That's what I said. I only watched Twitch for five minutes. Someone said they're they're there for twenty five hours, and I closed Twitch, and I was like, no, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and then the next day, I had an invite. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you didn't have. Sorry, I don't un- fully understand how the system works. It, it, basically, you're you're supposed to go into a drop activated Twitch um, stream because you have to link your Ubisoft with your Twitch account, and it just sends you an invite. Remember giving Bobby Kotick your phone number for Warzone? Well, the thing is, the reason why they do that is to catch cheaters, because Warzone has a lot of hackers. Like, a lot. I didn't notice how bad it was until the update. 
some something happened during the update um a lot of the youtubers have been like sharing a bunch of videos and i was like oh damn so i'm not the only one that like it's gotten really bad which kind of sucks man because i really enjoy i really enjoy that guy I, I i don't know i play for fun but getting shot from across the map is not necessarily my <laughs> <laughs> my ideal fun. It's like, oh, I was doing a good round. Are you sure? I don't know. I like signing in and just get shot in the head immediately. Then I can yeah. end the game and go you, you carry can on tell. with my life. Like they, their camera um, just like zooms around to their head or, or they know exactly <laughs> where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Do or they give you a that... replay like an old card? Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. you can tell when somebody's just like... They like pre-aiming and then they wall bang you because they know exactly where you are oh, in the like, house. Yeah. They shoot you from the floor. Like it's just it's nuts, man. It's nuts. Hot damn. Yeah, it's people can't win on their own, so they they want to cheat. It is such a good game. I'm not gonna lie. One thing that I'm a big fan of is how far just stealth in that game gets you. Y- you know, I'm a fan of stealth games. I play Persona like a stealth game. And Wait, uh, watching you play Persona recently gave me anxiety. Wait, waiting for for the shadows to move across the hallways and then running no away from them until way. they don't cross the the threshold in the doors. You know, you could just walk, do gold circles around them. They they don't. They're yeah, AI they don't catch up to you. Yeah, you can just just kite them away. It's fine. You can play Persona like a stealth game. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how far are you? Uh... Yeah, let's not let's not talk about not it. Let's far not talk to about make it. a comment. Yeah. I'm like, dude. I'm like over 60 hours in like i'm deep in there Ooh. i gotta catch i gotta catch up to pat pat's pat's basically done and i've been slipping but like 60 hours is pretty damn good sir. compared to george's six I think. oh for a second i thought you said compared to george's dick <laughs> <laughs> wait what i mean 60 would be pretty good i guess <laughs> i Really like me some Persona for like it's it's a it's, it's a damn fine game. It's surprisingly very open writing for, for for a Japanese game. Like it's just the the subjects that they talk about is just uh, interesting to 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 hear coming from a Japanese developer. I don't know. It seems uh, a lot more human. I, I, am I wrong in this, Liam? Like I, I, I agree with you. I sometimes I sometimes I I I watch some anime that's like very forward thinking, and I'm like, oh damn, like this this is cool, but like you just don't normally see it in JRPGs. No, like it's actually not that bad, man. For 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 an old ass game like this, yeah. Persona's sh- always been hit and miss on that kind of thing, but I think Four nails it. You know, I mean, the whole point of the persona series is about building bonds and social links with people right Mm. so the writing reflects that you're making connections with human beings all the time so you're exploring various different emotions of like various different states of how people are feeling and then especially in persona 4 where you're dealing with the anxieties and the the fears and worries and the imposter syndrome that the characters suffer from that you know the writing has to be strong enough to be able to get those things across. And I think Persona 4 does that. And that's why it's stuck around for 10 years now, nailing it. Yeah. Um, it, I, it's funny because I, like, I'm not going to play it again. Like, <laughs> but I wanted to, like, game. I wanted yeah. to taste it again, right? So I've been, I've just been listening to the OST for all, like, three, four, five, over and over again. And that, so good. And like just watching YouTube videos of like people talking about, you know, 
the characters and the ending and just the the burst of yellow that Persona 4 gives and then the burst of blue that Persona 3 gives and the burst of red that Persona 5 gives just gives me gives me good it, feeling. It, it's, that, those three games are fantastic games. Four especially, yeah. three too. I definitely miss five's like presentation, but and their music and stuff. But like, I don't know, man. Four is consistent with just always being interesting. Mm. Always being interesting. The dungeons do get a little bit more creative later on too, which is good. I mean, not 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 Persona Five creative, but yeah, like at least they look a little different. <laughs> Because they were like kind of basic for the f- first three runs, they're like, "Damn, man, this is this is how it is." Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you gotta remember, it was a PlayStation Two game. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it I know. It was a I PlayStation know. Two game for a PS Two game, man. Let me tell you, I'm having a blast. Is it perfect? No, but damn, it's definitely it's good. good. Let me tell you, yeah. I I can understand. I understand why people like persona now. hell fucking yeah and that's that's where that's what i was trying to achieve by playing and soaking so many hours and like really understand it i think p5 i didn't really capture that and i think p4 really put me there like i really understand why people like it yeah persona persona 4 golden is definitely one of those and now we pass it over to our other correspondent how you feeling about Persona, George? I uh, got stuck at a boss for uh, skipping too many battles. And not <laughs> I yes, told exactly. you that As soon as one. you said, <laughs> stealth mask people, I was like, you're playing the game wrong. You can't ignore fighting enemies. You need to hit enemies in order to get their loot, in order to go back to the armor guy and sell them, sell him materials to make art, to make armor and and weapons and stuff like that to go back in. And also, to like it's a process. Personas, so you confuse your personas and get stronger it, personas. Yeah, it, yeah. It's 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 meant. Yeah, it, it's it's meant as a, like a battle. It's is that meant to just like. All right, I'm just gonna go and beat it real quick. It's meant to, to for it to be a little bit longer. That's why they tell you to go get out of the world and come back in, so you you know spend some time outside of there. And, and that's why dungeons are not so long. They're they're actually fairly short, you know. So okay, yeah, like like we told you, we know you're not gonna finish this change. <laughs> but I will I will take up the torch for you. I will take up the torch. I will finish this. Next week, I should probably be done. Maybe. Was it the first boss or the second boss? Second boss, I think. I don't know. Apparently, I'm not allowed to even say whose castle it is. I think it's, it's you, the, you, the, the you, Yukiko bird, yeah. Phoenix. Boom. Oh, so it's, it's the second one. Oh, the third. Wait, is it the third? I can't I remember the know. order. GA or Whatever. Scary. What fucking ever. <laughs> He's over <laughs> it. <laughs> So I assume you've not played any since you stream. <laughs> yo, yo, George, if you think mm. that's hard or annoying or whatever, just quit. you're not going to last the rest of the game because you're going to have okay. to get your courage up. You're going to have to get all this stuff up. You have to get your social links up or okay. it's going to be significantly harder. Like you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put in your hours. This is life, man. Persona is a life. A life simulator. All right. Mm. In order for you to learn skills, you got to read, you got to study. Mm. 
You gotta spend time with friends. Mm. Like this, this is not a, this is not a, like, this is not God of War, you know? Like, this is not like, oh, let me go in there and just like do stuff. No, no, man. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Trying to grind up them life skills, bro. Dude, I just like, it's, I have a computer where I can press a button that that will load up Persona 5 and require me to, to, retry uh, this boss battle enough times to get through it and then click through 20 minutes of dialogue to get to some more action or i can press the button that loads up call of duty warzone and i'm like i'm i'm having fun and i'm entertained within two minutes it's such a non-contest i mean you could could apply that to anything in life right you can and i'm like i'm old and tired and fed up (laughs) at this point and i don't know we know george (laughs) we know I don't know why I can't get hooked by that stuff like I used to. I seriously don't. And it's genuinely frustrating me. Mm. Like, I I just can't, like, zone out anymore and and not feel that time go by. Like, I feel every minute in a way that I didn't before. And, And in Persona, the minutes go by so, so uneventfully compared to to a, a dumb American Gaijin first person shooter that as much as I do want to get into it and as much as I haven't really been offended by this stuff I'm not sad that I died two times on a boss I just like haven't felt the motivation to pick it up after getting stuck at this boss and I used to not get so discouraged so fast play smaller games man maybe maybe you just yeah. reset like the hunt showdown oh you actually got it yeah yeah, I'm oh, gonna so try tell to get me about it. Because I was actually thinking about it. I was watching a few videos after he mentioned it. Yeah. Um. For those who, well, actually, yeah, everyone. For everyone, um, Matt and I have been playing Warzone with a new internet friend named Ali, who's recommending us this game called The Hunt Showdown. He really wants us to get into The Hunt Showdown, which is oh, yeah. So I'm also kind of interested in this because I saw yeah. it was twenty bucks, and I mm-hmm. I had already won it. Launched it was 20? slightly interested. So The Hunt Showdown is a almost photorealistic style first person shooter uh survival bounty hunting game where five teams of two or three players are competing to hunt down some supernatural lovecraft uh, swamp monsters hidden out in the bayou the game has an american deep south setting you play as cowboy type characters in the mid to late 1800s in the swamps in louisiana it is the the style and the setting are like super duper my jam. And um, the action is stealth horror multiplayer sniper duels. Since you're using cowboy weapons, they they shoot like one shot every every two seconds or so. So every fight turns into a like one shot, one kill sniper duel where you and a bad guy are like competing over hiding spots that are trying to stay hidden from the monsters as well as the other players and, and peek at each other through the bushes. It has way more attention than Warzone or Apex Legends or PUBG and whatnot. And that's probably also um, attestable to the fact that they're only... It's like Tarkov, right? That's what it looks Maybe. like. Maybe. How many, how many players total is Tarkov? It's probably around the same. I, I don't know. But like it's, it's a map that's loaded. And you're around there like collecting. You're, you're scavenging stuff. And there's, there's yeah. people around. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, the same, it's the same thing. This game is written by Crytek. 
Yeah. 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 It's a uh, Crytek, the German boys. Um, and they, they are making that engine of theirs stretch as hard as they can. There is foliage and, and beautiful organic outdoor style scenery. And one of the few games actually to nail the look of the American deep South, they have uh, the exposure of the camera set to where it looks hot and sweaty and muggy as hell. Oh, there's permadeath mechanics. So you build a character and um, after you go through the progression system for the first 11 levels and then get the equipment and whatnot, you also um, will be building a character that you have to risk dying permanently. And a lot of the, the way that they built the gunplay and the um, second by second action around it is is to try to get you thinking over whether or not you really want to commit to combat. Since there's permadeath, you can quite likely load into a match and not complete the objectives and still escape without getting into a fight or dying just for the sake of preserving your character. The combat moves are very, very slow and heavy and players kill each other very fast. Enemies, AI enemies are a lot more spongier though. So you will be having a lot of combat that is um, still against other enemies instead of the player. So those more safer rounds aren't totally uneventful. Ah! I feel like I'm describing things way too fast. Maybe I should hold hold up a bit. Do you guys like like wait, like wait. maybe maybe you guys should have ask you last me a question. to the end? Yes. Yeah. We have um we played about three rounds last night, mm. and in one of them we hunted our bounty and ran away, and the other two we died. But the one where we hunted the bounty and ran away was really really interesting because we could hear other players. It was like tracking each other through the forest. Like you hear their gunshots at a distance. You know what objectives they have, and you kind of like stick behind the tree line of each other to stay hidden mm. while while waiting for them to do their business you you listen for gunshots coming out of the bushes where they should be i'm looking at these reviews and, and a, a lot of the reviews have played hours yeah that's i'm like forty-eight thousand very yeah. positive reviews is uh yeah. that's pretty tasty the, s- some of them not recommended um, recommending the game have like two thousand un- hours under their belt and stuff like it's just like Jeez. it's ridiculous, right? H- hopefully, at that point, they know that their decision has hopefully been made. Yeah, I mean, they probably got their money's worth with <laughs> two thousand hours. Not recommending, but the yeah, game now. um, if if outdoors. Lovecraft style uh most dangerous game hunts where 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 you're you're just imagining a, a guy in a top hat and a monocle um looking out of a field and, and holding a rifle over his shoulder and being like, mm, yes, the hunt is on while while eldritch tentacle monsters are hiding <laughs> out in the forest with with the the human hunter hunters, then then this game should totally be your jam. I had I had a lot of fun with it during the little bit of a time that I spent with it, and I want to give it another go. It also looks really, really good. If we can rally in our new channel, the Looking for Gamers channel, in our new Patreon supported Discord, I Uh, might be down to play with some dads, sons, daughters, or mothers, because this actually looks quite interesting to me. I'm, I'm down. I like PV a lot, like with that tinge of... A little bit of competitive PvP on hey, top. I don't think so it's a it little bit me. now. It's not a little bit. It's like half. Okay. But that, that's fine. As long as it doesn't immediately stress me out, then I'm, I'm okay. 
imagine a competitive monster hunter with guns. Yeah. That sounds like a very good game. Yeah, yeah. They, there might be something here that could really, really sink their teeth into us. I thought like it was that. cheaper, but it's not. So, yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm still kind of tempted. But yeah, we have our, our new, our new gamer Discord set up. We do indeed. So, if you like playing games and potentially playing games with us or fellow fellow gamers, fellow gamers, fellow dad gamers. Sign up to the Patreon, $5 to www.patreon.com forward slash dad and sons. I saw them playing Smash Brothers in there earlier. They were playing Animal Crossing together too. It's adorable. They just organically set that up without us. Adorable. We're we're not needed. We're we're just a vessel with which people come (laughs) together. We didn't even ask. (laughs) No, it was uh, very uh, spontaneous. Speaking of spontaneous, Mm. I bought a game today on Steam that I saw three screenshots of and a GIF, and I immediately was like, I want me some of that. Yeah. It's a game that came out, uh, I think it's either yesterday or today. It's $5, and it's called Rite, like a a ritual. Mm. Rite. Ah. R-I-T-E. And it's very pretty. Although the environments get very repetitive. It's a lot of like brick tile, 2D sort of typical stuff. But the way the, the, the GIF sold me was that the, uh, the look of the platforming in it. So it's kind of like a, a Celeste Meat Boy style platformer. Oh, no. With like that kind of, you know, Twitch control feel. And the GIF looks so tight. Like the, the way the character was moving and everything was set up. I immediately got it. And it kind of lives up to it. I've been playing it, like, played it for a couple of hours today. Got maybe halfway through, I think. There's, like, four different areas. And then in those areas, there's, like, 20 levels. And it, oh. it snaps you between each one. There's not really a story. There's no cutscenes. There's no nothing. It's just pure platforming gameplay. And it's good fun. And it looks it is, pretty. It is pure platforming. Like, it I'm is just at these pure scenes. platforming. Ages, and that's a no for me, dog. Holy. The, the, the feel, the feel of it is why. Like, the GIF is what sold me, because you could see in the GIF how the controls felt, and it you is like... see how yeah, it yeah. feels. Like, yeah. meat boy squishiness. Um, but it doesn't, it, you know, it's not, like, up to that kind of level, and it's not Celeste level, but it's definitely, if it for $5, like, well, for me, it's 500 yen, like, I'm... Yeah, I played like three, four hours of it now, trying to get through it. Like it's good fun. It's not, it's not too difficult. And when you get things right, it does feel really good. It gets you into that flow state that video games are meant to get you in. But it is just pure platforming. Would you say that this game has the right feel for you? I would say you should shut up. <laughs> <laughs> would, yes. would Would you say that you found the 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 right game for? Oh, that's the same exact thing I just said. Uh... <laughs> I think it is well within my right to tell you to be quiet. I I I, I don't know if you're right about that one. Oh, but, um, oh I want to go Let's to stop. the right and mm. swing into a different way because that's kind of I you know I played a little more of F one, a little more Xenoblade, but that was the the sort of new game I played. Wait, you still play Xenoblade? You still you still play that? You you still you still close to the end? You still you it's, still no, edging no, there? No, 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 it's not Persona Four sixty hours in. Don't. It's it's the Liam 
at least I'm still playing it. I, like, if it takes like 10 episodes or 20 episodes, at least it gets done. He's just staying on the edge for, for weeks at a time. Yeah. So, you, you get all the way up to the end and then hold it. <laughs> so I turned 30, guys. I'm old man. Oh, you're yeah, past the, the edge fifth, now. right? Yeah, I turned, no. I turned 30 on the 5th of July. And for my 30th, my partner and I agreed that we, you know, we got a new apartment now, and we never bought anything nice for ourselves and anything. That maybe it's time we invested in a really big fucking TV. <laughs> oh no, you're you're a real couple now. Wait, wait, so, wait! Did you go in and then you had the salesperson come up to you speaking in Japanese or something? Oh yeah. No, no, we we did it all online. So research for a while. Obviously, Japan has limited brands and stuff, but we went with an LG. It's 4K. It's got HDR. It's it's. It's fucking. Oh, it's fucking beautiful. OLED. I'm not so even, you can you can comment on it now on HDR. Yeah, I'm not going to very specifically go into whether I know what the difference is because I don't. <laughs> but it looks great, and <laughs> so I played <laughs> I played two games on it so far, and then most of the time I've just been watching TV, which I'll get to in a minute. But the first game I booted up was, of course, The Last of Us Two because I've been playing it recently. I wanted to see how that. That sweet HDR is going to look on my new 50-inch 4K TV. <laughs> and it looked great. Of course it did. But then I noticed it had, like, motion blur smoothing on. I, and I was like, oh, uh... Ooh, what is this? And then it took me ages to go through all the Japanese settings to find out what the hell that was. Right. Turn that off. Looked great. Shame, because The Last of Us is in 30 frames per second. So it wasn't that great. Um, <laughs> anyway... It was. It looked great, and then I was like, "Yeah, let's put fucking Xenoblade Chronicles up in this, this huge for a, fifty for a good TV five minutes, gonna, right? That's gonna this stretch play every on the podcast. blurry pixel <laughs> for an hour. Actually, Matt, I'll have you know, but I, t- <laughs> I, blew, I blew that sucker up. Oh my god! Apart from maybe actual Nintendo games, I'm not really sure how good. Switch games look on big TVs because Xenoblade Chronicles oh, was uh, great. Ooh, it was a little rough. It's like the best worst. It's like the best worst good looking game ever made. It's it's so such so got such great art direction and it's beautiful. But then you blow it up to a resolution in which it certainly cannot handle, and you're like, ooh, ooh, maybe not. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go back down to the handheld and play it for a little bit. Um, so did that. But the best thing I experienced this week with it, obviously, you know, signed up to Netflix Ultra HD to get that 4K sweet, sweet goodness. And I finished watching season three of Dark. I'm, I'm just glad you didn't say season two of Agretzko. No, one day. That's a Patreon tear in the, in the making. <laughs> Ryan, put your $100 down and we'll do it for you. Oh, my God. No, <laughs> no I, I finished watching Dark season three. I'm going to put it out there. I think Dark is possibly my favorite TV show ever. Ever? Ever. I got I to gotta get on that season two game, man. It goes places. And not only does it go places, I have never... You know, we suffer from this thing in media and like TV and movies and even games where people have this grand idea. I want to almost say the Kojima-ness of like <laughs> levels of story that get so many different plot points, so many different things going on, so many different characters, so many different times, 
and then try and tie it all together and it never, ever, works. ever fucking works. Yeah. Somehow, in dark, not only are they able to keep you going, sometimes you need to check and reference, but for the most part, keep you in the loop of what's happening, pun intended, and be so complicated and convoluted, and then end so neat and tidily. It's very impressive. German efficiency, for sure. It's holy <laughs> damn. That show is magnificent. Like, I'm bowing, like, bravo to the people who made that TV show. That is a wonderful TV show. And it is gorgeous on a big TV. So I had a wild week of just sitting down watching really ominous German TV, and it was beautiful. But you watched what a is... dub, so your opinion is invalid, right? I did not. I watched in German. How dare you? How dare you? What is with this uh, current current little glut of German language Netflix shows coming out? I don't know because I haven't seen any others. I just know that Dark is amazing. Um, there was there was one that I uh, watched with a girlfriend a year ago called How to Sell Drugs Online Fast. On uh, of Netflix, course you, there was also of German all people, language. is watching that. It's it's a coming of age comedy drama about about teenagers getting into silly hijinks. Yay! <laughs> well, it was German. I, how often do you see German language stuff? I mean, I I don't know. Here in America, you see Spanish language stuff. You see much dark, and then you'll find out. Okay. God. Damn, Dark is very good. I want to watch Dark. <laughs> it's it's so good. When is the last time you finished it. the show, George? I guess <laughs> not to put you on the spot or anything. Was it BoJack? Haven't we gone through this? Wait, you didn't finish BoJack. You it doesn't finish? matter if I didn't do the last two episodes. Yes, it does. That technically counts. You didn't finish it. This is why I don't like racing games. If you go 90% of the way through the race, shouldn't that still count for something? No, you don't get a participation oh trophy? What the hell? How were you raised? You were raised like that, for, huh, George? For, huh, on like, an hourly oh, my rate? mom always like, oh, you did good, George. You did good. I was raised trophy. to get paid by the hour, not the, the season. I don't know what, what kind of, of, um, of, 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 horribly disadvantageous uh, uh, scam you've signed up for. But see, I'm I'm aware of the system is the difference. Paid by the hour and not the what? The season? Yeah. Well, if you get paid by the hour and you, you leave before your shift is done, you still get fired, George. But you still get paid for the hour. But, but you're fired. You have no longer have a job. <laughs> I feel like this analogy's gone out of the window. <laughs> 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 I feel like it's respecting no, time. Let's go right? deeper. And Bojack was respecting your time. You really liked Bojack. It's a surprise. It was a surprise. To hear that you still haven't finished it because you really enjoyed it. I tried to go back through the last two episodes, and when I was watching the last one I left off at for a recap, I just got so sad that Bojack was fucking everything up that I almost didn't want to watch. Or actually, I guess what happened is that I did indeed not want to watch him go through the whatever horrible train wreck he's going to set himself up for for those last two episodes. I, I, 
It's it's when he does that interview. Right, right, whoa, 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 whoa. In the beginning. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's pause. The episode no, no, has. No, no, George, George, no, none of that. None of that's spoiling. None of that's spoiling. <laughs> Don't spoil. The. the, the but. That, I. I you I, asked. Yeah, but don't if you spoil want the to know. Epi- don't spoil then I should the episodes be able to for everybody. What are you doing? <laughs> what are it's you not doing? even a big spoiler. All right, I'm, it's just, I'm just saying gonna, that. All right, I'll see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You've already watched it. Let me know when you're done. I wouldn't even be spoiling it for you, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Matt. Wait. Oh, oh, I thought you were. No, I thought you were gonna spoil it. I don't want to hear any anything about the last season. Nothing. So wait, have you not seen the last season? No, I've been savoring it. Then what are you like? Oh, wait, no. oh my god! <laughs> oh fucking k. Okay, I'm so sorry that I'm in super duper trouble all the time and going to to dad and son's jail because I didn't finish the last two episodes of BoJack and Mister Matt. I watch and finish everything over here and just take big fat dumps all over George. Didn't even finish the last season of BoJack. No, 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 no. I finish everything, George. But BoJack, not Bojack apparently. I'm savoring. Savoring, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but now uh, you've given George that excuse, Matt. You don't realize that in a couple of months, George is going to be like, "Hey, did you finish that?" He's going to be like, "No, I'm savoring it." <laughs> what? And I, I could just watch it right now. And then what is he? What are you going to do? He's not going to watch it. <laughs> if I watch Bojack right now, he's not going to watch Bojack. <laughs> and I could be like, "Oh, well, are you savoring it now?" <laughs> I can't even talk about about it because because you're gonna cut me off for spoilers because you're also gonna say that i'm 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 don't, i'm, I'm not wanna, in it to win I it because don't i don't want it. to hear the spoilers i don't want to hear the spoilers yeah. oh no that's fine we can move on <laughs> now that we've just established that you actually didn't finish bojack either and that i actually am farther <laughs> into it than you did that's fine we can go oh god my phone's ringing everything's going to shit i think pest control's at the door Hello, and welcome back. Hello. So so during the break, I was, uh, well, while George was doing his continual pee break, I found newsworthy on the internet. Matt, check the uh, host-only channel to see what I just posted. So a little bit of background for the story is that there's supposedly some sort of game that just got released on the Japanese eShop stole Zelda's music. It just straight up had Zelda's lullaby in their game. But then it goes a little deeper in this Kotaku <laughs> article about it, where <laughs> the game is so bad. <laughs> like some of the tweets <laughs> to do with this game, which is called Final Sword by Hoop Games. We can't tell if they're Korean or Japanese, but it looks wow. like somebody's first Unity project in like a. <laughs> Like not a Unity's bad, but this is the lighting is like so wrong, and, and oh, that is man. absolutely Zelda's lullaby. 
I, I don't even know if they're really hiding it. That is absolutely Zelda's lullaby. So wrong. Yeah, I don't know how they got away with that, to be honest. I mean, Nintendo's vetting process for being on the eShop, I mean, if you can pay money, you, you, you're you on the store. So I'm not really sure um, they uh, have rigorous testing. So the Kotaku article about it um, talks about the Zelda thing, but then it posts a lot of uh, tweets about players stuck on a section where uh, like a it's a, like a platforming section where a block moves, but the player runs onto the block and the block moves <laughs> underneath the player and the player doesn't move. Like the ground is just not connected so, to the player. Liam and I were laughing our ass off at this <laughs> over the bathroom break. If you want to like look oh. at what, just just picture perfect video game humor. This is exactly what us gamers see when we close our eyes and just imagine a good hearty joke in a video game. And thankfully, it translates to audio very, very well. So I'm going to ask our... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask our editor here to throw in one quick sample of, of the following audio drama, if you will. Game over. <laughs> As you said, George, the uh, juxtaposition between his blood curling scream and uh, the Larry David esque <laughs> game yeah. over womp womp is amazing. <laughs> like the 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 character design, the 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 atmosphere, the scream itself is all the exact opposite in tone of that music. And there's comedic timing too. Like there's there's kind of a hilarious pregnant pause between the scream and the music. Like like you're waiting for something and then it awkwardly cuts in. It's just good comedy. It's just good comedy. That fair play to the the guys who released this game. <laughs> if they made some money off this, I mean, but, but, good job. But how did? Wasn't it play tested? No, I, I mean, probably of course not. not. Seems not. But but it's it's not like on Steam. It was on the eShop, right? It was on the eShop, and it's on the Apple Store in Korea as well. The plot deepens. Mm. The quote in the article says that uh, Hop Games. Final Swords developers told Automaton that they had purchased the background music, mistakenly thinking they had the license to use it and did not intend to violate the copyright. Hub Games added that it's explained to the issue to Nintendo and is switching out the problematic score for a different one so the game can be re-released. So it looks like it got pulled off the store as well. These boys don't know how to make games, man. It's interesting that we're reached oh a point in the timeline where uh, young amateur developers are not able to recognize a theme as iconic as Zelda's lullaby. I wouldn't go that far. I feel like they knew exactly what it was and they thought they'd bought the license. Like, because yeah. it says they mistakenly thinking they had the license to use it. Oh, okay. Maybe something got lost in translation then. Um, I mean, looking at the game, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, okay. <laughs> Trying to give him the benefit of the doubt here. <laughs> At what point are we, is it too mean to say that they they totally did this on purpose to get some money? Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's Honestly, too bad. It's, yeah. it's, 
too bad. The question, the question though, is if they would have made any money on it at all because it doesn't look like it. Morbid like it looks curiosity more work than it would have been worth. Morbid curiosity, George. You are the type of person who would buy this if it was like five bucks. You would do it just to see how bad it was. You played a way out, man. This is not a far way from out. That. Looks nothing at all like the EA produced. Uh, Brother's Tale of Two Souls g- guy doing a, a project with... Uh, that is not a compare. Don't you dare talk shit about my wife. <laughs> Dude, you can drown in Oasis in this game. You can drown in an Oasis in, in a shallow pool of water. It's like you're really there. Beautiful. At the end at the end of the article, he you drown in Oasis. <laughs> final sword. <laughs> it's like I'm really a final sword. I like the tiny, the big enemies that have tiny hitboxes that they can only hit from behind. <laughs> this goblin, he's just swinging his sword through this goblin's head, and it's not doing anything. Well, um, on to news question mark. The Xbox Series X version of NBA 2K1, or 2K, I guess it would be 21. What is it at now? NBA 2K21 is $69.99 on PS5 and Xbox Series X. The speculation then is that next-gen games are going to cost $10 more, or $70, bucks, uh, which which begs the, the, the questions, family discussion questions. Uh, are we okay with this? What, what do we think it'll do with the market? Do we think the time is right for a price hike? Has, has inflation kicked in, or is $60 still... That is is sixty dollars still feeling like like a real pinch, and is seventy dollars gonna gonna be too too much more? And is it too much more? At what point? At what what is the threshold to, to? I think we reached it, man. To make games like I mean, I think I think after, I think once you hit sixty nine, and you say nice, I think that's it. You don't go above <laughs> the nice. So I just wanted to point out it's super weird because in Japan price variants has existed the whole time. There is no standard in Japan. Like some games will come out and they'll be like 8,000 yen, which is like $70. Or there'll be some games that go up to like 850, even 9,000 yen. And that's, I don't know why. It happens with some popular AAA games sometimes. I don't know if it's to do with stock or something. Just in Japan, it's easier to set recommended retail prices at certain points. Um, but there's no standard in Japan, so it's quite surprising. It seems crazy for me to imagine a AAA game coming out for $90. I do have a hard time imagining mass markets buying that, if that's the default lowest buy-in price at launch. When was the last time you paid 60 bucks for a game anyway? Yeah, you're right. I feel like I did do one this year. I, I definitely have. I bought, you know, I bought Xenoblade Chronicles. That I guess that was 50 yeah, Animal Crossing. It was Animal Crossing. Bull Animal Crossing, yeah. It happens. It's not common, but it does still happen. But it used to be common, right? Because every game was that. Now we live in an era where games are $5 on Steam and you get five to six hours out of them or even more. And there's loads of free-to-play games. And you get a game like Hunt the Showdown, yeah. full-on, almost AAA-esque levels of production, and it's 20 bucks, right? So it, it's weird. I understand why this is a news article and stuff like that, but it's next gen, right? These games are going to be expensive because it's going to be the new, it's the same as when the PS4 came out. They're going to be the highest they possibly can be priced, the same as the console is going to be. 
Uh, it doesn't think it will level out happen. again. Because there wasn't a price hike during the PS4 gen. The price hike to $60 happened for the 360 PS3 gen. It went up from like $49.99 to $59.99 in the UK, for sure. I remember games were like $50, 50 pounds. Yeah. And then as soon as the PS4 games started coming out, it was like 60 pounds. In the US, they jumped to to 60 with the 360 generation. Hmm. Like with the the currency conversions is going to be a little different. And you just said that the pricing tiers in Japan were always kind of all they're, over the they, place. Yeah, they're over, all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Like I do remember being shocked at how expensive Persona 5 was on launch over there. I, I, I want to say $70, though. The $90 thing, like. I'm going to check. I'm going to check. Like, I know that's true. Like, I've seen it with my face. It's just so hard to imagine customers in the West doing that like being okay with a 90 dollars release there's so much griping that you hear even on this very podcast itself over a 60 dollars release that it's surprising for me to think that there's a place in the world where where 90 dollars triple a releases are are accepted as normal i i I don't 70 dollars seems seems like a lot it does seem like it but it does seem like a lot like especially with what's going on right now it's just like I don't know if people are going to be in the mood to spend $70 as much as they're like, used Like, for example, to. The Last of Us. The Last of Us in Japan is 7,590 yen. So, 75, 76, yeah. That's so a lot. That's, that's $70. That is hard 40. for me to picture right now at the $60 standard in the West. Yeah. Ghost of Tsushima is wow. also 7,590, so $70 in Japan. But yeah. In some parts, on some... Amazon, it's like 8,000 yen in some areas. The the element to this is that I am older now, and I am also aware that video games release more expensively in other parts of the world and also other eras in history. But you also don't spend that much money that often anymore. And it's been a long, long time since the last price hike in the West, in that that xbox 360 ps3 jumped to 60 bucks i was talking to you about was 15 years ago and with the way inflation works that does seem kind of right in line for a 10 dollar price jump over 10 years later that seems less offensive to me than i initially thought it would and so then i actually looked up an inflation calculator uh way back in 2006 before the coronavirus before trump before gamergate before before benghazi before before obama and and the recession and the housing market bubble uh 60 from 2006 is apparently now worth 78 dollars and 77 cents according to usinflationcalculator.com so whatever you were being paid by your boss in 2006 for you should be making 18 <laughs> more dollars an hour. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, somehow I doubt that's actually how that math would work. But yeah, whatever you were you were being paid for by your boss should now amount to to an appropriately equal quantity for those $60 games from 2006 to now feel like $78.77 in 2020. So next gen games are going to be 70 are going to be they're speculated, at least according to this 2K21 listing as $70. And I want to jump out on a limb and say that people are going to complain, but it's probably going to be fine. Yeah, I think I mean, it's going to be. I think fine. it'll be fine. And it, it almost balances itself out. The fact that we don't have to pay that for games anymore, really, 
in terms of like the general industry, you know, Steam Summer Sale is on right now. But that's for PC though. That's for PC. Yeah, but even then you still got, you know, the the big PSN. Like it's funny because over the years, PSN and, you know, Xbox and even Nintendo Switch Online, like the eShop, have started to try and have sales that match those prices quite frequently, where it's like ten to twenty dollars for you know, games like Slay the Spire or whatever, the, that, you know, that level of high-ranking indie game or something. Still, on Nintendo, you're going to get games that are going to be priced really high. That's just how they do it. It seems to be a policy with Nintendo. Yeah, Mario is always going to be 60. Yeah, Mario games are always going to be 60. Yeah, digital downloads being cheaper would be nice right now, but I don't think that's going to happen. Do you remember when they used oh, to be man. more expensive than actual physical versions of the game uh, that was crazy they've never standardized the digital downloads being cheaper or more yeah, expensive because they they don't have to. and that's that's what i think is going to break my heart a little bit is yeah. seeing a 70 dollars download for some i do actually regret the 60 dollars animal crossing purchase that i don't know if there's there was enough content and hours there for no there, there is $60. it's just you have to grind you have to get you got to get there you know, I played for a hundred hours. I definitely think I got my my dollars worth. You gotta, you gotta grind it. You gotta grind it, like in the club, George. Gross. Is it, but there's coronavirus all over everyone's butts. That's that's. I mean, that's that's the price you pay. Do you think that actually? Do you think that seventy-five to ninety-dollar game releases could be a thing in America? Is that something that this country could get away with? <laughs> I mean, going to the store and buying two games is going to cost you over $150 now. That's that's a lot of gasoline. That's, that's a, a lot of groceries. Lot. Yeah, that's that's like, a chunk that's of the monthly rent. Three tanks right there. At least three tanks of gas for two games that might be just okay. You might have to grind to make them not okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to have to be extremely sure you want that game. How high do you think they could go conceivably? If we if we were, were AAA marketers setting the price for our studio's hot new releases, how high, if you were an evil bastard, do you think you could set it to and still push like a million units? I think the world would change before it hits uh, like 99 99 you think i feel like we can't we can't go over 99 without like hmm. significant changes in the world first. without riots in the streets yeah like s something will change you could only do it if you were a big big studio like rockstar or something like that only rockstar could turn up and be like gda 6 is coming mm -hmm. and it's gonna cost 99 dollars 99 because if you God, had maybe, don't. I want to say, oh. I don't know, maybe an Ubisoft game, if Ubisoft came out and was like, Watch Dogs 3 is going to be $99, everybody would be like, nobody's going to buy that. What are you shit. talking about? I ain't buying your Someone shit. The new Assassin's Creed game, $99. No, no one's going to buy that. But if you had a big I don't know, Cyberpunk, maybe? Whew. Maybe? I'll spend it. There you go. I'll spend it. Scientific point proven. Do I get some extra dicks? <laughs> The articles do note that that compared to NBA 2K21, Cyberpunk is actually giving people a better deal since um, their console version is going to be cross-gen compatible. That is and pretty cool, and I can't wait for more NBA, games to do that. NBA 2K21 is not going to have a cross-country, cross a cross-compatible version unless you pay <laughs> up for the $99 one. 
Oh my god! Holy shit! I I man, all this talk about money, it, it's this sucks. <laughs> this sucks. You know, it'll be funny if like PS Five comes out and like, oh, our games are still gonna be sixty dollars. Woo! That'll never happen, but that would be a boss move, a power play. You know how Nintendo's games are at least like a little bit cheaper. Oof. Yeah, I would like it if this stuff was tiered more respectively. Like a yearly sports game, it does seem silly to me that people will spend 60 or $99 for the special edition for a yearly sports release that's kind of an iterative update. And that's the same price level as like The Last of Us 2 will have, like a benchmark cinematic experience that's supposed to stick around and be a standard for a couple years. Whereas this sports game stuff, like these are meant to be replaced. You'd think that... that a game like that that represents. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that's that's the. I don't think that's that's the standard. Everybody knows the people who are going to buy FIFA, the people who are going to buy Madden, and the people who are going to buy FIFA and Madden. No matter what the price is, right? Like that. That's what they do. I don't think that has any bearing. It's like on... the, that's the only game they play. If they're gonna spend yeah. seventy dollars. They're gonna spend seventy dollars on FIFA. And those and those guys might be the guys who end up playing battle royale games, or you know that kind of. And most Battle Royale games are free now, right? So there is some sort of trade-off or there is a balance where people understand the value of what you can get for free. You can get a game that is 100 gigabytes like Warzone for free and complain about it, but you still got it for free. And and I feel like, you know, it's going to be harder for companies to hike their prices up without some sort of backlash or without value proposition of a game like Cyberpunk or GTA 6 or whatever, you know. Leading the charge. Yeah. The dissonance comes from from how those games leading the charge are still priced the same as the games that are presumably a more disposable experience. Because that's not, yeah, because that, I mean, it doesn't factor into us as, I don't want to say normies. I know they'll get away with it. I know why they're doing it, but it the model would seem to make more sense to me if it was more of a 90s thing where where the cheap pinball game on Nintendo was just a $30. And the big Zelda adventure, though, was was the premium bigger than $60. I mean, I don't know what what Zelda released at when it came out in 84, but it was definitely like like 70 or expensive. above in 80s money. And Remember the cheaper how expensive games used to be like Yeah, those those cartridges were not cheap to roll yeah. out of a factory. No, they and, were expensive. And they had a tiered pricing schedule where the cheaper games were of a cheaper cost. I mean, honestly, like let me ask you guys something. Regardless of money or money troubles or anything like that, do you guys think some of these games are worth seventy dollars? Like, would like, do you feel like you're gonna get seventy dollars worth out of these games? Like, well, what do you mean by these games? Because well, well the, the the games that are seventy dollars are AAA titles, right? Well, that goes back to what George was saying, right? And I, so let, let's remove let's remove like the stuff that are. Like you would think that would be good, like uh, the Last of Us twos and the Cyberpunks and stuff like that. Like, let's remove those. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, what about the 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 ones that you don't know much about and stuff? Like, oh, taking a chance, you know, like the Death Strandings. Maybe you can kind of you can kind of put Death Stranding in that category too. Like, you don't See, know I, what so, you're gonna get. So it's weird because I think we're in a different space where that kind of thing doesn't exist anymore. Unless a game has super big marketing budget behind it, like Death Stranding or something like that, mm. tends to not come out at sixty bucks or seventy dollars. Like 
I would look at a game like Hunt the Showdown, because obviously we talked about it today, yeah. and we know yeah. it's $20. That would be a game on Xbox 360 that was 60 bucks. Right. That generation of PS3 and, and 360, there were way more games at that price because it, the kind of the middle ground was that it's a standard and everybody sets to that, right? As time has gone on, the value proposition of AAA titles has stagnated, I think due to games like Assassin's Creed coming out every year and other, you know, sort of annual series is that we kept getting all the time, not necessarily just Madden and FIFA and stuff like that, but Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, et cetera, et cetera. So when you have a game like The Last of Us 2 or a Death Stranding or let's say, I want to say Ghost of Tsushima as well, even though I think that's kind of an outlier, they don't come around that often anymore, I don't mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about Dark Souls or The Witcher or, um, you know, these massive titles that you would see at E3 days past, but when they get announced now, it's big, like they don't yeah. really they don't exist up, yeah. anymore. So those types of games that do cost $60 are maybe... Just there's not that many of them, I don't think, anymore. You've got yeah. those games that you're going to have to pay for, Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs, but you almost just kind of forgive them for just being from big studios, but they don't necessarily fit the criteria, I think, of the same AAA that we think of with big marketing spend behind it now. They like said Ghost of Tsushima, right? What else is Sony going to push? The first Dead Space or... Yeah. Uh, Lost Planet. I'm, try- I'm trying to look through some stuff because there's definitely stuff that fit that that they're not well known. Would you pay sixty dollars for Devil May Cry Five? I rented it, um, and I think it was worth a rent. I I re- I could see it. I can see it on both your faces. Even saying that right now, you're kind of like, "Ha! Huh, is that a sixty dollar game?" But like, you know, Xbox well, 360, fans, PS3 generation, I, you'd be like, "Oh, absolutely." I, yeah. I think me and George both like saving. Like I say, George more than me, but saving money. Right, so renting get, was like that, perfectly like just in that line. Like for for Cyberpunk, hopefully it's good. For Cyberpunk, I would definitely pay for. I'll pay the full price tag because I just know I'm I'm going by faith that they're gonna make something decent and I'm gonna mm. enjoy sixty dollars worth or seventy dollars worth or whatever yeah. like that. But like if it's a game that I don't know for sure like a dragon quest like i don't know if i'm gonna like that game yes and i think that's the thing right it's like there are some games because of the marketing push that they feel like the value proposition is higher like the ghost of tsushima for some reason is made by not a massive triple a you wouldn't say sucker puncher like a a, a renowned triple a developer right right you know they made infamous or whatever prior but like because of the marketing push behind Ghost of Tsushima right now and Sony pushing it, it feels like that game is the next big thing. Like, that is the next AAA title of this year. You know, we got Cyberpunk coming later, but before that was maybe Final Fantasy and Last of Us 2, right? But now in this summer blockbuster, there's nothing around that is, like, matching up to the sort of the levels of Ghost of Tsushima. So it's like, I don't think we have the same sort of AAA rotations we used to have. And now because... So many studios can just split their teams off and make lots of smaller games for 20 bucks or whatever. They can go and do that. And the they more, do do that. The more I think about it, the more I just don't like $60 in general and kind of wish that there were more diverse prices across all the products and the projects. But there are. It's weird. It's so it's weird because that that's what I would disagree with you. I'm looking at literally okay. a Super Nintendo advert from 1992 from Toys R Us. And 
Street Fighter Alpha 2, mm-hmm. Donkey Kong Country 3, NBA Hang Time, and Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 are all $69.99. What? I remember the Dreamcast being like, how much was the Dreamcast when it first came out? Was it like $400, $500? It was, like no, it, the Dreamcast was actually one of the cheaper ones. But Was it? But the games were 50 The games were $50. I distinctively remember $50 Dreamcast games. Yeah. But this is the thing. The, the point is that, you know, this price range of, I want to say 50 to 70 has always been around. But we live in an era now where if you don't have money, you can boot up Steam or PSN, and there is almost guaranteed to be some sort of sale on where games that traditionally would have been over $50 hunt the showdown is the one I'm going to keep using is now not that price. It's $20 and you could play hunt the showdown for as Matt saw with the reviews, like thousands of hours. Right. And it's yeah. online and you, you know, you're playing with people all the time. I, I, I don't know. I feel like we live in a better space now. I think that price is appropriate though. Cause the regular price is $40. That's usually what you see for a game that is like multiplayer only, you know, you make your own experience type game, $40. Hmm. It's, it's not bad to ask for. Sometimes you get, it's, it's always going to be between 20 and 40 for those types of games. And of course the hunt looks, it looks good. So they spent time on it. You still, yeah, you still gotta, you still gotta remember, right? I think obviously these companies make shit tons of money. Yeah. But you still gotta make your money back, right? And these games, especially AAA games or AA games at that level they cost millions to hundreds of millions of dollars right something like bloodborne might not have made the money back that i would argue a game like that probably made way more than they expected and it did probably make its money back but you got to look at games like i want to say assassin's creed right millions of people are going to buy them but it's it's not millions more i would like to know how much like for example a game like resident evil 2 which sold infinitely more than it was supposed to sold versus assassin's creed uh whatever the odyssey or whatever whatever the game was at the time that came out in that same year and the team size difference between them even though capcom's a massive company like i imagine the team size is massively different and that capcom made probably more profit but they don't have as many fingers in all of the pies as ubisoft does around the world so i don't know uh, a lot of games make their money back, but then thousands of games, no matter what that price, that do not make their money back. Dream Dreamcast was priced at at one ninety nine US. Oh, okay, that's good. I I thought I thought it was way more. I remember specifically in 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 Toys R Us or Walmart and seeing this glass case of the Dreamcast and wanting it so bad. <laughs> and seeing that price tag just being just like something I would never be able to save up. And <laughs> Here, here's an advert for the Nintendo 64, which was also $199. Mm-hmm. But then you've got a Mortal Kombat trilogy for $74.99. Mm. Wow. Oh, the trilogy, though. That's not bad. Okay. The trilogy, though. I don't know. $75 for anything is... But then you got the Game Boy games, and Game Boy was like forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. It, it, yeah. When you think about it, like, what can $70 do? Like, I can fill up my, my gas tank. I got a hybrid. $44. $44 to $50, right? Like, how worth it is this game, you know? Yeah. 
And this is the thing is like, how do we, how do we ever justify what the value proposition is? It's like yeah. George saying about cinematic masterpiece in The Last of Us compared to somebody who buys the latest edition of FIFA. Yeah, that person might spend a thousand yeah. hours playing FIFA throughout that year on person to person. and easily make that yeah. money like worthwhile. And they've had right. great fun doing it. But then somebody who plays The Last of Us for 30 hours has a great time, but that's it. You know, unless they play it again, which they're not likely to do. Yeah, yeah. That's it. You were mentioning earlier about how diverse prices are actually and, and how they do get really, really low. And I, that's totally right, because in my mind, the example that I keep going back of is that $60 Animal Crossing. It, it does make a, so little sense to me that Animal Crossing New Horizons is the same price as Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm -hmm. But I spent 100 hours playing one of them. And I spent 35 hours playing the other. And I enjoyed both of them probably as much as I did the other. So it goes back to that thing is like, how do you just, how do you decide? Uh, see, and th that's the difference because it's the, it depends on the player. For me, I, I understand what George is yeah. talking about. And this is the reason why I didn't mm. buy it is because I, I just knew I was going to regret my purchase. I, 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 mm. there's a lot of things on a switch that I just like. Eh, I could get it, but I'm not going to spend that long on it. I feel like I'm never going to spend that much. Smash, I played and endless Nintendo on that. Games, you know, Nintendo I've had some good are... stuff. But you know why I like Smash? I played it with other people, and I've yeah. created some good memories on that. And I think because Liam has um, his job, his group, he plays with people, he's on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I get more value out like, of it. It, it is, it, like, his experience with Animal Crossing is significantly different than what what me and George would, would, would get from it. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it is going to depend on the person, I guess, it, <laughs> which yeah. kind of invalidates a lot of conversation we just had. But like, yeah, it does depend on the person. But yeah, it's exactly the same, right? If I bought Hunt the Showdown for 2,000, yeah, no, 20 bucks, and I didn't play with anybody, and I played it for three hours and thought, yeah, this is pretty good, but I don't have anybody to play with. Yeah. And put it down. My money was not well spent. Yeah. So what, what, what do you do for something like Resident Evil 3? That for whatever is there is very high production, like super duper high quality, but is just a seven hour campaign. But how how high quality is that seven hour campaign? Right? right. It goes back to if The Last of Us is a 30 hour masterpiece epic and it deserves the seventy dollars, how how does it match up to somebody who plays a thousand hours of FIFA, right? That you know, I don't know. It's quality versus quantity. And if the Resident Evil uh, campaign is of a high quality for seven hours, then it sort of matches up with that. I think it is expensive, and I think seven hours is. I mean, for me, it's perfect, right? I complain about games being too long all the time, but yeah, six hours maybe does sting a little bit. But then you think about Resident Evil Two. How much more hours did you realistically play of that? Maybe double, maybe. But you played the same game twice. If I was God, I <laughs> would make it. So that all games are sold by the amount of hours that every individual player who purchases it at that moment is going to get out of it, multiplied by their relative production values. I miss demos, man. I miss demos. Demos. Yeah, and demos. me too. Uh, yeah. Which is so weird that the demos are coming back in the form of like indie developers getting their games out in some sort of guerrilla marketing through Steam. Games is fucking crazy, man. We live in a weird Ouroboros cycle of things just repeating, yeah. and it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We never learn, but there you go. 
<laughs> yeah. Every five years we have a conversation about what the price should be. Every five years we have a conversation about whether or not violence is good or bad. Every five years we have a conversation about whatever we had a conversation of five years before. In the spirit of that, don't mean to undersell it, but this week we're going to be taking our discussion questions from the listeners from the new and fancy Dad and Sons Patreon Discord. What? So if you would like to hear your thoughts on... on <laughs> People must be tired. Like, oh my god, I keep talking about Patreon. <laughs> we got to. Give us one week, start. one week yeah, just of, of shilling out the people. Come on. It's one week, Come on. and then we'll go back we, to... <laughs> we won't be able to buy food. We won't be able to buy health care. We won't be able to pay our but housing. I, I, we I, won't be able to buy $60 The sound in games. here is going to get a lot better um, in two weeks' time. Okay, so I'm just going to... My voice is going to get a little deeper we, in here. We'll be able to buy toilet paper and snacks. Yeah. As we speak right now, we are... 120 Patreon strong. Thank you to everybody. Yeah. And we are 94% of the way through to our equipment goal mm-hmm. of improving, especially my shit ass microphone. <laughs> I want to hear Liam in that crisp, sure. What a, mm, mm. Hey, yeah, we're all going to have uh, the, the armature after this, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you'd like yeah. to help, get on board and you can come. And post a listener question in one of our channels, like George uh, uh, so, Suprin Kazapper, who asks, hey. "How do you feel about the discourse around video games when oh, it is no. done like how Jim Sterling does it, for example? Very pro-consumer and overall morally good points, but with a very, very hostile language, deserved <laughs> or not, towards the video game industry." Do you think being toxic against a toxic industry is justified? Should there be a high road to take? Mm, it, it, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. We had Jim on the show. Mm. All right. But I'm going to say this. Yeah, we love Jim. I'm, I'm going to say this. Uh, so, like, I like to I like to have a little fun. I'm not going to lie. And I say this a lot. You know, like trash on, on a way out. I like to, t- I, you I know, gonna, when the game is bad, man, <laughs> you know, like, it's not like I'm not enjoying it or anything, but I, I'm pretty sure people get yeah. the spirit of it. But like, it's cheesy the way fun. Jim does things sometimes, it is kind of negative. I'm not going to lie. And it, it it does get tiring. It does get tiring. So I understand where that's coming from. But like, uh, you know, and as and as an addendum to that, that yeah. and I know it, I know it sucks, and I, you yeah. know, everyone hates hearing it, but especially when somebody has that kind of attitude, and you know, because maybe you know you've worked in games or whatever, right? Right. But you know they're kind of wrong, yet they they're like beating the shit out of something, and right. you're like, but that's not the reality of the situation, and and you don't understand that because your outside perspective doesn't match it. And then the negativity is like almost doubled in that kind of situation. I think that's why that's why I, I welcome Liam to correct me if I'm saying some bullshit because I don't. I, it, yeah, like it's not to say Liam knows this, everything, but like no, I don't. Yeah. Absolutely, and and that's the thing is sometimes I will get not confused, and we've just talked about dollar games and whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. And I buy games too. I I we've literally just talked about games being too expensive and like how much we spend money and this kind of thing. But at the same time, you know, the discourse around games can be horrible for people who work in it. 
Like we saw the Ooblets thing like last year or whatever it was. And like mm. exclusivity, people hopping on about like people who take exclusivity deals. It's like people need to fucking run a business. And like sometimes that kind of gets forgotten. Like we're not talking about Ubisoft and we're not talking about EA, which are multi-conglomerate companies that sell millions of games. Yeah. But, you know, when you have two developers who are developing a game who take a deal with Epic and then every YouTuber is like, fuck these guys and their fucking exclusivity. How could they fucking do this? And then you're like, whoa, this is like baby level, like mm-hmm. throwing your toys out. And that can be tough. I think, you know, you from the other side, you're almost scared sometimes to release a game because you, it's not only are you worrying about selling the game and making your money back and all this kind of stuff, but sometimes just the, like, what was it recent? Like The Last of Us 2. Nobody's talking about that game other than all of the shit on the internet, right? And it's like, for right or wrong reasons, can you imagine being involved in that game? You'd be kind of... Would you admit online that you were just in case you attracted a bunch of people to come and be horrible to you and abusive? I don't know. People like negativity. I mean, that's with everything. It's, it's, it's not specific to games, but people do like negativity. You know, regardless mm. of what, it could be something that's going on in their life, whatever. And mm. they love hearing people shout uh, on stuff uh, very loudly. <laughs> You know, um, a lot of uh, a lot of the YouTubers nowadays are are very just like rawr and very emotionally driven. You know, it's 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 what it's what people like, and and that's what Jim is. You know, that's that's his that's his audience. He knows his audience. He's he's pro- he's probably pre- like I don't know. I've met him before real life. He's pretty calm IRL. You know, that, that could just be... It's a, yeah, it's his persona, right? It could right? just be, like, like, his thing for, you know, like, when he gets in the YouTuber mode, it's just a little bit, just a little bit, uh, a little little angry, you know? <laughs> how, about, how about, George, how about you? Because you're not overly negative. Yeah. In, in, Sometimes you, know, you gush about, like, like those weird games. Yeah. Gorillas. Yeah. And people love generally hearing passion from you, which I think is the better George. I think that the toxicity being referred to is a two-way street stemming from a long and complicated history of of the way gamer humor was portrayed in the 90s and how that has been leveraged in the 2000s into citizen media that like should shine a spotlight on a lot of important issues that should have this kind of negativity directed for it. But at the same time, I feel like we're also at a point in history where we can see that there was actionable backfiring within the game community around how that negativity got harnessed for for certain causes that has since gone on to make the gamer stereotype even more negative than it was in the 90s. A lot of... um. Very, very cheap magazine writing from recent journalism grads uh, in in the review section, I feel, is to blame for a lot of humor that became popular on something awful in 4chan around the mid-2000s, 
which is to blame for a lot of the negativity and hyper aggressive online violence you see in a lot of alt-right online communities that bleed through in gamer communities. And what Jim Sterling may have accidentally unintentionally done at some point in that process is market hyper intense gamer negativity as as normal Mm -hmm. and that's what i don't think we really want is is for that level of exaggerated negativity to be the stereotype even when gamers are supposed to be enjoying themselves having a fun good time but at the same time do you honestly think that nothing that we would even know about crunch for example right if this if that character wasn't wasn't as as shocked and appalled by it as he is you know yeah I don't know, because the opposite of that is that Jim isn't talking about those things unless it gets reported by somebody else. He's not doing the investigative journalism to get into that. He's finding sources to from like Jason Schreier, who does the work, whether you like Jason or not, is, you know, for everybody to decide by themselves. But he's the guy just going out and getting the facts and the one reporting it without his own negativity or bias on top of that. It's the the pure Facts of those kind of things. And then that gets reported on by other YouTubers or people who want to, you know, fuck these guys, da 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 kind of thing. I don't know. Jim Sterling's big beat was gambling. Back back when I was following the Jimquisition super closely. Yeah, Jim did excellent work when it came to like DLC and loot boxes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he had sources. He did original Whoa. reporting on, on gambling and loot boxes. But this has, since then, it has become his brand, though. Not to just talk about Jim Sterling being angry video game nerd here, but it's just like, it's just, it, it it's his brand now. Yeah, he's not, yeah, he's popular and that's the thing, right? Can you imagine him putting out a video and him being nice about something? Absolutely not. That would be a great gimmick for a spinoff. Yeah, because we it would, would be okay the with main it. Brand. We, but the majority yeah. of the audience, I, I, I don't think the Deadly Premonition Two comes out soon, so maybe we'll see another ten out of ten from Jim Sterling. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's gonna have a field day with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it happens. Jim Sterling does have some happy moments. Like on here, he was fine. Like like I, again, like I think it's just a YouTube. <laughs> thing <laughs> it's give that not... man a shitty dynasty warriors game and he he will be happy as a clam yeah if you've watched a lot of him you can i don't know he seems like a pretty accepting person outside of the whole like angry at video games thing you know the stuff that he angry talks about at, at, at gambling and microtransaction and and what what's what's the catch-all term anti-consumer practices in video yeah, yeah. I mean, when you have like a whole industry built on the fact that the the OG original dude is basically the angry video game nerd. I mean, it was always going to spawn off into yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that guy's of, not really that and, angry. So, and that still came from mm. somewhere. Like before yeah. him, there was something awful in Old Man Murray, and and mm. a lot of that came from the magazines themselves. Like every every year, Game Informer would have a parody issue called Game Farcer. and and oh, it was. <laughs> It was, it was, it, 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 it tore everyone apart. It was, it was so mean. 
And it, it was definitely not as mean as the internet stuff, but like it's, mean it's video so game odd. humor was still a thing. Yeah, it's so odd that, you know, people can argue against. It, it's just you're looking for somebody to agree with you, whether you don't like a game or you mm. like a game. If IGN likes the game you like, you're fine with the review. Yeah. If IGN hates the game you love and gives it like an eight, and it's like a 10 out of 10 to you. Oh, can't spell ignorant without my AGN. Yeah. <laughs> you will go looking for the YouTuber who backs up your opinion. Yeah. And a lot of the time, it's the YouTubers who are like, IGN once again gives game 10 out of 10, even though it's clearly mediocre. And the Metacritic says, like, yeah, it, there's a lot of negativity. People like that stuff, man. Drama. What you're getting a kid into when you get a kid into video games is you're getting them into a, a complicated psychological journey through the darkest parts of the human brain and, and what people do as a society when, when, when you close them into each other in shitty conditions. And that's what our next question is going to address from Kobe D. <laughs> Kobe! Regarding all the recent accusations over abuse and bullying, online oh, gaming no. culture is being forced to reckon with itself. Band-aid solutions are one step, but it's obvious that the culture needs to change. Mm -hmm. I think we should learn from how we evolved or devolved from our past to inform our future. My question is, what are some things that were prevalent in gaming culture in the 90s and 2000s that didn't survive through the 2010s? Do you think that the same might happen for 2010's gaming culture? And what do you believe should be the first to stay or go for 2020 and beyond? Well, thank God the things I disliked about the 2010s gaming that we've already talked about disappeared. And it's like annual Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty games that were stagnating the market <laughs> massively before we had the wondrous, you know, mm -hmm. revolution of games where, you know, you can turn on Steam or PSN now and have a, like a plethora of games on sale that yeah that that era where i just walk into a game store and it would be the new assassin's creed or the new call of duty the new battlefield or whatever and the cycle would repeat now it's brs now i mean it is yeah i mean there's always something i'm a i'm a that's a step up man step up yeah i a mean free but at least vr free. game a year is better than a new 80 hour assassin's creed slog a year it's, it's just, it was stagnating the market. And that, that's what I didn't like about the 2010s. I didn't like that we didn't have the variation we have now. And that comes from the ability that in the early 2010s, nobody could make games like they can now. And now we live in an era where people can make games all the time. So, Man, I don't know if I could even, would have survived in gaming if it wasn't for indie games, man. Let me tell you. Yeah. I've had way more fun playing indie games for the past couple of years than I've had playing whatever crap people have been spitting out. And it's such a weird negative connotation, right? Like, yeah. I had to explain to a friend the other day, They, I was talking about, like, um, a short hike and Grifflands, right? Grifflands yeah. being by Clay, the guys who made Mark the Ninja and Don't Starve, huge company who donated, like, a million dollars in profits to the Black Lives Matter movement. That is a lot of cash. Even though they're an indie studio, that's still a lot of cash, whereas a short hike was made by one guy. Yeah. Indie games have this weird connotation that both of those things sort of balance each other out and one definitely didn't cost like a million dollars to make and the other one cost like 50000 to make. Like, yeah. But the reality is we live in this amazing space where there are games of all different shapes and sizes and all different great and wonderful experiences you can have no matter what you like. And yeah. 
I'm you, glad that already, just into 2020, we've kind of got over that. Do you think that AAA single-player campaigns are going to be a thing over the next decade, or is that just going to go all to the indie market? No, no, I think it's still going to be a thing. I, I can't. I gotta thing, have but... my uh, my Witcher threes and God is. of Wars and, yeah. and Last of GTA's Us. GTA is not gonna go anywhere. Yeah. Well, there's less and less over the year, and by the time 2029 rolls around, I do wonder. You think Naughty Dog is gonna turn around and make another Crash Bandicoot? Or like <laughs> maybe? Like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want that. <laughs> there's there's definitely a lot of talk going around about how expensive those things are. So and there's some um, like. Insane. So much more leverage with with other projects like you're talking about of a smaller scale. I would be okay with uh, with single player games being more of an indie thing and AAA just sticking to multiplayer gambling I, sports. The thing is, I I do like the occasional money everywhere single player game, like like a, a world that's just fully fleshed out. Like I I need that every at least once a year, man. It's like a Marvel film to me. Like, it's not like yeah. high art. <laughs> like, it's like money on the screen, fiesta, looks great. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get the same, like, thought-provoking, you know, gameplay or story that you would from an indie game. But, you know, it's going to look pretty. And, yeah. and, and, you know, I, I agree in everything. I'm, I'm scared. I'm afraid of the future. You know, I'm George. I'm afraid of the future. And I'm afraid that the budgets for that sort of stuff is not going to be sustainable by, by the end of the 2020s. Are single players dying, George? Are, yeah. That, isn't that the big, the big question you see in the, the editorial headlines on Polygon? Are single players dying? Single players dying. There's a lot of multiplayer, but yeah. You know. I, I, there's no way single players die. Like not everyone wants to get shot in, in, um, in Warzone. Even if they did for a short time, even if they did, the cycle would repeat and somebody would come out with a huge single player experience, let's say like a Ghost of Tsushima or something and then everyone's like, oh, these games are great. Like Dark Souls, Sekiro, whatever, right? Like, you know, these games have got to exist. So what about the old never-ending franchises like Resident Evil? Is Resident Evil still going to be around by the end of the decade? I don't know about that. it's on to. I'm gonna talk shit about Resident. I don't know. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> I don't know about Resident Evil. Okay, can I say that one thing that I do? I I hope gaming culture evolves and becomes very different. I think a lot of what we were just talking about uh, observations we were made with regarding how there would be a big Assassin's Creed yearly installment in the mid 2000s comes from uh, uh, consumerism being less questioned back then than it is now. Uh, money is tighter for consumers. Well, the market space was smaller as well. Um, capitalism is less popular than than it was. There are financial crises facing the system. And one thing I would like to see happen to gamer culture by the end of the 2020s is for there to be less requests for the never-ending franchises to keep going. I am O-fucking-K if they finally put Resident Evil to bed. Maybe even to a farther extent stuff like Zelda and and Pokemon. I am so freaking, I would be so okay if if instead of seeing people make requests to bring back Silent Hill or bring back Castlevania, instead they make some new intellectual properties with, with, uh, with their creative energies. I'm ready for new. I'm definitely ready for new. I'm always ready for new. 
And so I'm wondering if by the end of the 2020s, millennials will get so old and cynical that they will finally stop asking for sequels to these never-ending franchises that have been around since the 80s and have had sequel after sequel after sequel come out every two, three years for our entire life. Does that count? Does that count for uh, re reboots, reimaginings like God of War, which are distinctly very different games? But oh, you know, yeah, like can't you just? How different would the world really be if God of War 2018 had a different name? If it was the same exact product otherwise, if it was a God of War inspired beat 'em up that took place in Norse in the Norse mythology universe, but it, it had was God any of War, different though. name. It was God of War. Yeah, it was the same Kratos. You you could surely you know what I'm getting at. It was yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very I know, different I know what you get. style. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, 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 I know what you're getting at. Yeah. It would have been successful, I, but it wouldn't have been as successful. And that's so sad. (laughs) There was a moment. There was a moment, George. There was a moment in there that that definitely tied it, you know? And without without it, I don't know if it would be as, like, memorable, I guess. Was that last year or the year before? I think it was the year before, right? That was a pretty good year for, like, AAA single-player games. Spider-Man, God of War. (sighs) Spider-Man. I'm I'm the that only one. But I was still shot. Spider Man was a good ass good ass I game. It was a good game too. Yeah. Good fi- and Miles Morales is coming back and they fixed his hairline. We good. We back. We back, baby. Jeez. RDR two came out in 2018 too. Uh, 2018 yeah, was. <laughs> uh, wow. Anyway, you know, Horizon's coming <laughs> soon as well. The the last Resident Evil I played was pretty good though. It, it was it was fun. I. I didn't right. play three, but two was two was great. Two they're, was they're great. all fine, but it feels like at this point Resident Evil is just a catch-all for survival horror. It's just Capcom's survival horror franchise. W- was it Resident Evil two that I played with you guys? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I the remake. I've forgotten. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's some remake I played it with you guys. But I but see, I I feel like you're being like I'm not particularly the biggest Resident Resident Evil fan. Like I love Resident Evil four, right? But I, I feel like you're being a bit harsh towards a series that has constantly reinvented itself, even though it sticks to horror. Like, three to four was a massive change. One mm. to two was a massive change. And, like, from six to seven, you could argue, is the biggest change any franchise has ever gone through. <laughs> and, like, that's a bit unfair. Like, the gameplay and the experiences are great. Like, you can ignore the name. There's a new character in seven. Got a completely different setting. It goes for a, a bit more of a PT you know what? style horror. That's know, right. Okay, fast. seven. I did enjoy seven. Was I great. actually quite enjoyed seven a lot. Um, and Capcom know that, so they were smart enough to call it Kitchen in the beginning, and then everybody teased it around that. And even now with eight, they're calling it Village because they know that if you attach the name, even though it's not, the expectation is a little different. It, you know, it sort of is different. But you just brought up that it's been reinvented so many times and you can actively ignore the name. And that just, it just feels so shameless to me. How? They're making a brand new game. Like they Every just time, attached yeah. the name to it. Like they're yeah. not, the, the DNA of the series doesn't exist. Like Resident Evil 4 doesn't exist. It exists in a different series, The Evil Within, right? Like it's a different game. Yeah. Like seven is different to six. Like it moved. two is very different to seven. And I don't know. It's just the name that is that. Seven I think that's had a like bad, Outlast vibes. If you ever played Outlast, 
Mm. And then like the doctor's chasing you. Buddy, where are you, buddy? Oh, I see you, buddy. And you're like hiding behind, hiding under the, the bed. Oh, my God. I love moments like that in games. For comparison, like like if you if you booted up a movie called something like um, um, Chainsaw Maniac 7, that creates a certain baseline of expectations, you know? There comes an, an expectation of cheapness when the numbers get that high. And <laughs> games... Okay, 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 okay. I get it, I get it. But Game if they released 7 and they called it Kitchen and it played like a horror game, everyone would be like, why the hell didn't they just call it Resident Evil? It's a Capcom horror game. That know. that feels Speaking like such a, a specific to video games thing. You're naming the game off of the genre of gameplay more so than the characters and the plot of the story. And it, it does feel like something that, that, that will eventually grow out of before we die in, in this industry. I, I feel like the name gives them pull. Like as soon as you, oh, you, you're playing... You know the new Resident Evil game, or do you know the new Kitchen game? Like, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a name. Yeah, it's marketing immediately. The dollars don't lie. I know why they do it. I just kind of, it just feels kind of dumb. You hope for them to not make money. <laughs> they, they get, they, they gotta, they gotta get that money. They gotta get that money. Everyone know, knows Resident know. Evil, new Resident Evil. That's it. When they, when they go into GameStop, when the normies go into GameStop, can I get the new Resident Evil? Let me get that new, new, please. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Let me go in the back. Give me the true, true new new. No one cared about PT until that Silent Hill logo showed up at the very, very end of the experience. And it was made by Kojima. Dude, PT, man. A Kojima game, a Kojima horror game without any kind of baggage or expectations to it sounds like a more fun ride for me than Kojima making a sequel to an established horror franchise. Of course. I still get sad about PT. Am I the only one? I still get a little no. sad. Like I know it's just like this thing that just came and went, but I still get sad about it. There was another port. Another port. You're not the only one at all. <laughs> People are talking about it in our Discord even. You you know what like is gonna happen. You can go back and play it right now, and you will still be a little scared. Like it's not like oh I know this guy, this girl's behind me. Like it, it, no you 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 are scared. <laughs> There's nothing that's gonna change that. You know that the game puts the the girl behind you and shows the shadow in front of you, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, and they just found that out this year. That was new. There are still new things being discovered in PT. Oh my god! Like, like it's it's insane that that you're bringing it up and questioning it. No, you are not the only one. There is a PT community, my friend. It was a good little little game. Just a little game. Just a little game. Oh my god! Still the scariest thing I've ever played. Still the scariest thing I ever played. I, I watched my friend like almost pee his pants and it was great. And I was scared watching him play and the screen was very far away from if me. If I was God, <laughs> I would make everyone play PT and Subnautica and RE7. Because on VR, that's the real deal. Yeah, Liam, do you have time for a next question? Depends how long we drag it out for. Let's go. <laughs> well, good for you, Liam, because we just have some novelty questions from Argus Swift. Uh, Argus Swift wants to know, Liam, what's your favorite non-ball related sport? Uh, I guess right now it's Formula One, I guess. that That's all? You don't have any like... There are sports without <laughs> balls? What are you talking about? Wow. But a car wheel is basically a ball, but with the left and right shot off. 
<laughs> I like it's uh, basically a ball that can only roll in two directions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably that. I guess Formula One is what I'm into at the moment. I watched the race. Well, I watched the highlights of the race from the weekend. It was good fun. Go Lando. Wait, wait, is Lando the good guy or the bad guy from our racing story the other week? Oh yeah, he was the bad guy in my racing story, but he's the good guy in real life. He's a, he's like a twenty year old British dude who fucking came third, and he he posted the best tweet. He was like, three days ago I was a full time Twitch streamer. Now I came third in the Grand Prix. So, so Liam's a good guy in real life, good but guy. a bad guy in the Matrix or Lando rather. Maybe Lando. Lando. Lando Norris. Lando Norrisian. Uh, Lando Norrisian. Anyway, that's me. Uh, Matt, how important is a good camera for a beginner photography enthusiast? No, it's not important. Um, okay, like, I guess let's 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 define that little like real quickly. I understand we're we're pressed for time. Good camera. You could use your phone, man. Yes. Um, there's a couple pictures I have on my Instagram that's from my phone, and you probably won't even know it. <laughs> You know, it's 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 just kind of the way you use the tool that you have. If you wanted to get like a DSLR, you know, to start off, I mean, there's a couple of them for uh, I don't know what you consider expensive, but like for like three hundred dollars, get yourself like maybe a 50, 50 millimeter and you'd be able to do all the little cool shots, some close in, some portraits, stuff like that. But really get whatever you want. I bought my sister a uh, uh, Nikon D3500, I believe. And she used it for years. And she got good. Really good. She didn't have, you know, the best Canon or, or, or Sony or whatever like that. She used what she had. Her friends had, like, expensive cameras. But she had this, like, you know, cheaper Nikon. And she killed it. And she is amazing. Now, absolutely amazing because she practice. If practice, get good at lighting. Lighting is everything, and use the tool that you have, even if it's just your camera phone. Like you, you'll be able to get some good shots out. If of it. you don't have a good camera, you can still embrace your limitations. Yes, like like a shitty cell phone flip camera might make cool glitch art. Or play playing with fog on a glass is something that, like, just get weird and abstract and artsy with it if you can't even do traditional. As you practice, you 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 start to gain an understanding of your frame and and the things that you like in your style. Just just get out there and do it, and, and go through the manual. Like learning. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Re Whenever I get a new camera, I read all the way through the manual. And that makes a huge difference because you know what every setting does and where it is. And all of a sudden, I feel like way more of a professional. And all I did was read the manual. Well, well, th well there you go. So read the manual from George. I read the manual. And then if you t if, if you if you take it up, you can sign up to our Patreon where we have a photography oh channel. And you can post your photos. God. <laughs> <laughs> you guys need to chill all right um george george need to chill more like argus swift asked george how did your selfie game get so good i read the manual oh my god punchline reached oh my god matt mentioned lighting and also how expensive the camera is doesn't matter all the time when you is this not an ironic answer about just your bed frame 
p- picture we use for everything. Yeah, it's it's cute, and I think that actually was on a not super fancy camera either. But um, yeah, if if you dedicate three hours to reading through your camera's manual and playing with lights, you'll you'll figure out just how big of a difference lighting can make. Like if you have the lighting casting across the wrinkles of your face so that everything is not one flat tone, then um, you look better. I, I don't know what it is about the golden Fibonacci sequence or whatever that, that having light casted across half of a person's features triggers, but it does just make some aesthetic part of your animal brain be like, oh, this is a prettier image than the one with less lighting <laughs> stuff going on. Um, also, curling your, your forehead. You see, you see when you like curl your eyes oh and curl your. They can't see that. They, they can't, can't see, see that, that but they can hear it. You can hear my forehead curling. You can hear some wrinkles in my <laughs> brow ridge. The, those are the wrinkles that you guys are hearing. Um, yeah, yeah. If you if you curl in your forehead, that can that can create some pretty good facial expressions sometimes. <laughs> Do some fun eyebrow movements like that way. Yeah. I'm, uh, th- th- thank you for the foley on that, Matt. Holding your phone at an angle where the light is casting halfway across your face. Not fully lighting your face, but like halfway at an angle. And and curl your forehead. We'll see you guys next time. Give give the camera a little smooch. We'll see you guys. Join us. S- Take us your photos. Patreon. Put them on the Patreon, give, baby. Give the camera a wink. <laughs> and slide that shirt down. <laughs>